ladies and gentlemen, welcome on back to the 40K segment of the Wide World of Wargaming. I am your host, Vincent Borgato. Joining me, I brought in some ringers for this episode because Ben and Schwartz are both out this week. First, we are happy to welcome two of the three founders of uh, Best Coast Pairings. Number one, Mr. Paul McKelvey. Hi, everybody. And number two, Mr. Casey Dunn. Good evening, everyone. You were going to, Casey, what are we drinking tonight? Oh, yes, indeed. A little bit of a beverage for tonight. Got myself a nice whiskey sour. Enjoying myself. This is Casey's first time on the show, so he was unaware until I just reminded him that it is important to always uh, market the liquor that you're drinking. This episode brought to you by Modelo Especial, which is what I'm working on right now. And and I'm and I'm working on the uh, the well, not the top shelf tonight. So we just got some Evan Williams in here. There you go. Nothing but the cheap shit for 40k. All right. So I brought in probably I would say the highest caliber player I know in Mr. Paul McKelvey. And a master rules analyzer and man who knows many things in case he done. This week, we're going to start tearing shit apart and doing the full rules lawyer package. So, Paul, you wanted to start by look, by making some comparisons and analyzing the new mission system. Specifically, some uh, similarities you've noticed. I'm just well, going to hand it off to you and say go. Well, I, I've... I've purposely stayed out of a lot of the uh, the ninth edition banter on on the internet because I this is my sixth edition change playing this game so I think it's my fifth it's uh you know it I've been through enough of these to know that you know that the hype is the, the hype is real because we're getting a new new version of the game we all love right that's why we're we're yep. here and um you know that it, it's it's purposely made to drive hype and show the differences between the two editions and stuff like that but until you have the actual book in your hands. All of this is just, you know, it's just it's just speculation. It's like it's it's Sports Center, you know. So it's it. We're not we're not doing anything but teasing ourselves. So it you know none of this means anything in in a month when we actually have the book book in our hands. So I I, I try not to uh, think about things in terms of oh how this army got is getting nerfed or how this army is getting a boon or you know like it, it just I look at what we do see like the missions for example when they showed one of the. Uh, the, the missions in one of the first articles, uh, the, the objectives are really, really close to each other. And the point, it's the first you know thing that people are like, Oh, look at the, the deployment zones and, and you know how the map size is going to be different and things like that. Well, yeah, that's true. But the way I look at this is that the game is going to be changing fundamentally overall. Uh, I, we know that the mission design is going to be centered around having cohesive tournament style missions. And I think what I'm looking at is that, no matter what you do, armies are going to be right up in each other's faces, right at each other's throats. Like not like having this little dance you have in eighth edition or even the editions prior where, you know, it's kind of like courting each other in and out of the deployment zone. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it's, it's actually, you know, the, the battle is here. It's not like we're, we're on the edge of a battle. It's actually like, this is the first round of the battle. The first turn is going to be a, a clash of Titans, so to speak, you know? So it's uh, and I can only, it's just extrapolating off the one mission we've seen. Or deployment style. I shouldn't even say mission, right? Is it a, I guess it is a mission. The four pillars, and uh, you know, it's we, we know it's gonna. That's it's it's a, it's a big change to the to the the way the game is played right there. And I mean, we could postulate about every, how everything else is gonna work, but I mean, maybe it doesn't matter about hiding models and things like that. And I'm, I'm jumping ahead here, but you know, maybe it doesn't matter because everything's gonna be right up on top of each other anyways. So, just my my two cents on that. Yeah, I, I do want to take a look at one other thing, but just talking about what you're saying about the deployment zones, if this is kind of the generalized, what you would call, what you could call engagement range, like somewhere between in your mouth and 20 inches, 
Um, this is going to tip the balance away from shooting armies, I think, just in just in general, immediately. Like, I don't want to say that, that this is going to be assault-heavy just because the ability of a shooting army to do more damage on turn one is, an, is a serious advantage. But you only get one turn, and then the guy's going to be on you. It's not going to be running across, you know, 20, 30 inches of board, apparently, if you want to hold any objectives on your own turn. Oh, and, yeah. The, the days of a turn and a half or a full turn, uh, game turn even, of freebies for shooting armies are gone. Mm-hmm. It's, it's gone. Not to mention the way some of the – we're going to get into the terrain specifics a little later, but just on the way the terrain looks like it's going to be set up, there's going to be a lot of stuff that you just can't shoot through, and these assault ranges are going to be close quick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it, Chain swords are danger close, man. Uh, I think that I, – I started getting this feeling when I saw the new Necron, uh, the new Necron Warrior gun, the 14-inch one. If they're giving Necrons new infantry weapons with that kind of range, they're expecting them to use them. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, no, I, I, I like, and I don't say that like just to be. I don't mean that in cliche, cliche way. I mean they gave them a strength five AP two, uh, you know, AP minus two weapon because Necron warriors could not stop a charging unit. Period. They were incapable of doing it for the last two editions. Yeah. So, and uh, like, there's just so many things to me that are started that are adding up here. This is supposed to be, they want active gameplay. Like they, they saw what happened with eighth edition where it was, you know, just basically two groups of either vehicles or very, very. Oh, you, you, you won by taking away the, your opponent's ability to interact. Mm-hmm. Well, that's Okay. That's a problem of any war game. I mean, it's literally how you win a war is by making it so they can't shoot back. Well, not so, even shoot back, but interact with the interact with what was happening at all. Okay, I'll I'll I'm I'm happy to give that point up. Um, but I also let's let's talk a little bit about the 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 progressive missions here. I remember when I was a lot Jesus a lot younger. We used to complain about. Oh, that's so cute to hear you say, Vince. Huh? Yeah. I said that's so cute to hear you say. I know, but listen, I somehow I'm still one of the younger people on the podcast, and I feel forty. Um, I remember that there was always the it clash. Ain't the years, it's the miles. That's true. Uh, I remember the clash was always between ITC missions and Nova missions. That was one of the great culture clashes of 40k for as long as I can remember, and it's looking an awful lot like Nova ended up winning. Uh, you know, I, it, you can't tell because this. I mean, we're not seeing a full mission here. Um, I mean, well, no, I, I, we are. I mean, this is this is primary objectives with progressive scoring and secondary with does. either progressive or every turn scoring. Yeah. Yeah. In so yes, but ITC had been drifting that direction for the better part of two years as well. Oh, absolutely. I just mean in terms of settling the that culture war has been ended. You know what I mean? We've we it's been one, settled now. What one can hope. I I look forward to the day when the 
the publisher, in this case GW, is correct, and they have the one rule set to rule them all. I am excited to see Mike in a position to drive some of those changes. And yeah, being it playing the same game at LVO or playing the same game in Vegas that I play in DC would make me very, very happy. Not only, I mean, and then eventually you hope it, it would spread to Adepticon, which the fact that there's still that fight is unbelievable to me. But I don't want to, one of the things I said was we were not going to get into any kind of politics of any kind. So I won't jump into that snake pit. Uh, I mean, really? the the goal of a TO is to satisfy their lo- to satisfy their meta. In the case of Adepticon, they have a very specific meta that attends their events quite often, and yeah. I I don't begrudge them too much. It was never the kind of forty k I was super interested in playing, but. I get it. Um, I look at the Long War Doubles. Again, very meta-specific mission pack, player pack, and that is that is to drive the attendance of the style of player they want to see. Yep. Now, another one of the big changes that we saw, and I, I have a theory on this, and I'm going to go as soon as I say it. Now that there's set command points for the points limit, And okay. I believe that you have to start. You have to start with a battalion, correct? I, we don't, I know. don't know that we know that yet. Do we? Well, we know to take other battalions. Uh, it, it costs three command points. Uh, other four. Other four swords have a cost. But do you correct. have other, to other have a battalion have a and then add on the other, or can I pay my command points and start with a patrol? I do. We know that yet. You pay. You are going to pay command points. I believe you are paying command points for anything that's not your starting battalion. That's the gist I got from that article. Otherwise, I don't know why they would start only with a battalion. It doesn't make sense to me that they would do that. But I wanted to say I, I, I got something on this. Yes, yeah, so you, you. Well, Paul looks that up. You, you go nuts, Vince. I think they want to move the game back away from hyper specialized armies. Hi, oh, I, okay. Um, I, I think the reason for this, especially. The detachments costing costing you command points is that they specifically want to nerf all like all vehicle armies, all flyer armies, all elite armies, all fast like anything like that. They want to pull the game back away from that and into a more generalized troops and then support filled around it. Now, okay. that's not to say that you will be forced to bring max troops. Obviously, that's not true, and you will be able to get away with your three squads of cultists for 120 points or whatever they end up costing. Casey, I'm, I'm sure you remember. Um, they, they were cheap as chips at one point. They have, they have been adjusted as the, uh, the, the, tr- the tide of traders has shown itself to be maybe a little overpowered. Uh, adjusted for inflation. Um, yes. If this is going the way I think it is, I'm very happy with this change because it makes so much of a codex playable knowing that you will have a large portion of your opponent that you will always be able to apply your weapons against. I okay. think that's a for the game. I have a, I have a counterpoint for you, Vince. Of course and you do. And that is part of the reason that 7th and 8th detachments were the way they were is because there are several code, quote-unquote codexes 
that can't feel, that literally can't field a detachment. And I don't know that we're going to, what we're going to see being done about that. Well, I also think that a whole new, that I, I think they're going to re rework all the keywords. As long as Imperium goes away, I'm fine. I think they're going to do away probably with Imperium. Well, the reason you can't is they'll have to do something for like Inquisitors. There'll have to be some kind of all-encompassing keyword for that. But well, I don't and, and see know. That, and that's what I was talking about before. Is like you can't run an Inquisitor's army. You could pay your command points to bring them in the same way you bring in Assassins maybe. But there are there are these fringe things that got full codex, you know, of of full codex that can't be run as a detachment or as a battalion. Well, they can't be run as a detachment now. Yeah, I when you start a new edition, you're obviously going to have to re-release all the new codexes, and that okay, means. That but we they said everything carries over. They said all the existing codexes will be good at launch. Mm-hmm. I don't see how that's possible with so many with the amount of new rules that have to come in with a new book. You and I are mostly on the same page here, Vince. It's I think the one thing that scares me the most about this edition is that they've told us that the existing codexes will be valid with a ninth ed BRB. But yeah, it's uh, there's a lot going on to make that happen. They would have to pull all of the – you would have to literally pull all of the data sheet. I guess you would call it sub-faction rules. But th some of those sub-faction rules and stratagems already counteract some of the things that they've posted. Like you can never be modified more than plus one or minus one to hit. You know what I'm saying? Well, and, and that's that's an order of, an order of operations thing. What they're saying is that no matter what the data sheets stack up, once you've done it to this point, it's capped. So, you know, don't bother with your tangle foot grenade in a ruin or, you know, whatever the whatever the example you want to make is. Uh-huh. But anyway, that was my that was my little spiel. And I'm spreading that far and wide because I want I, mostly because I just want it to be true. Like, I want to go back to 40K being when you design a list, you're designing an army, not I want to put the most efficient unit choice at every position or just the most broken shit in every unit slot on the table. <laughs> ha, ha, have, you, have you met gamers, Vince? Yes, I have. I'm one of them. <laughs> gamers gonna game. Uh, yes, but that's why you have rules is to corral their worst impulses. <laughs> Right? I mean, that's why, why 40 is not a permissive rule set. I have a lot of fun with 8th edition still. I still think it's a great, great game. I think the Codexes had a couple blips. They've, they've corrected them. They've done a really great job with 8th edition as it is. Paul, all of that is totally true. Do not forget, Vince wants to play a slightly different game. He is not running guard in a vacuum. That is, he wants he wants to play toy soldier and play army. And playing army means boots on the ground. Vince wants to play a slightly updated 6th uh, edition. <laughs> Speaking of, so I've, I've, all, I've been beating this drum since late 7th. 
But I really want the sixth Ed Allies Matrix to come back. I want sisters to hate Space Wolves again. I said it earlier. I want keyword Imperium to go away. And this is what I'm talking about when I say that. I I want to see Necrons and Blood Angels playing together. I want sisters to hate wolves. I want I want the old Allies Matrix back. Well, there's an interesting concept. What if the what if the Allies Matrix is coming back? It could. We don't know yet. But that would yeah, I mean, again would make me so happy. The terrain the- rules have me so stoked. Yeah. Um, this Just was like degrees of-, of what I wanted out of terrain. So absolutely. Now, now let me let me see that that allies matrix back too. Give me that. Give me that little bit of flavor back. Give me that spice. Paul, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, varying degrees. All you have to do is, since it's costing you command points to do these things, like if you have to buy a detachment of something that's not in your core army, it just ups the command points you have to use. So, like if it's like say if you're not if you're well, I can't remember the terms, but. Uh, unfavorable ad- allies or whatever it is. And so it's like, it, you know, this detachment costs three plus one. Cause you're not this. And if they're uh, lawful allies or man, I, I'm getting the terms all wrong. What were they called when they were bitter? Uh, trusted. Desperate. Trusted allies, trust, de- trusted allies, desperate allies, allies of convenience. And Battle the last brothers. one was called- the last one was some was some kind of like over my rotting corpse or something like that. So there you go, desperate allies, right? So it costs you three points. So it costs you six points. Like if I want to add Tyranids to my Tau, it's going to cost me six six command points to make it happen. I don't know. I'm just there's a lot of stuff you can do with it. There's I, I I've liked everything I've seen, and it's all moving in the positive direction. So and you know I think there's still a lot more that we're going to see about this. The, you know ninth edition before the book drops too. So yeah, that's well, I would fucking hope so. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this this isn't index hammer where we're getting a six page BRB in the White Dwarf. Yeah, please no. As um, much as I loved Index Hammer, was my absolute I, favorite forty k edition. Perfect game. Look, Index perfect Hammer game. was the last time I was good at this game. You and me both. I had a good yeah. army. I had no idea how to play a good army. Man, Index Hammer was great. <laughs> Let's just throw hammers at each other for two and a half hours. <laughs> Index hammer, ladies and gentlemen. Well, All it, right. It only went down the hill when they started introducing codexes, and not and not every army had codexes. And some of the ones they introduced were just flat out fucking broken. I guess. I don't know about broken, but the Eldar were fucking broken. Yeah, they were good. There you go. Uh, <laughs> next up, Casey and I argued about this for so we're arguing. Well, now we were discussing. I will say we were discussing uh, some of the finer points of the new terrain rules. Okay. Um, before the show started, I just closed that window because I'm an idiot. Stand by. There we are. Okay. Um, I have several misconceptions. We, we glossed over most of it last week just in being very excited about them bringing back what I call the tactical depth of players agreeing to define terrain. Uh, with a lot of different rules on them. Yes, as as Anthony so eloquently eloquently put it, the argument phase. The ar- yes. Oh, I forgot about that joke. Um, Casey, you noticed something about the obscuring trait that I did not catch. 
Okay. So I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you explain it, and then we'll fight about it. All right. Cool. So, one of the things that happened during seventh and uh, I think late six maybe was when it first showed up, but definitely seventh and eighth. In there would have been no ITC. What? There's no reason for first floor blocking line of sight when cover saves were still a thing. Yeah. So it wouldn't have been sixth edition. Oh, oh, okay, okay. So there and and bit, burying the lead. What we're talking about is full line of sight blocking first floors. Now, one of the things that happens here on in eighth is that if you're behind an obscuring piece of terrain. You're not targetable. But once you come into the footprint of a piece of terrain, you're getting cover saves from its other keywords, whether those be light or heavy cover. And I I wonder if maybe after some playtime, depending on how powerful shooting armies continue to be, if we're going to see a return of the straight-up line-of-sight blocking first floors. I don't think so. So I hope we, I, 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 and we got into this because we both read the obscuring rules differently and that I read them incorrectly. Um, and you notice that even if you are inside an obscured, an obscuring piece of terrain, you can shoot into it and you can shoot back out and you can, you can shoot out of it and you can be shot in return. Yeah. Because now, once, once you're in the footprint of the terrain, you become targetable. Mm -hmm. right behind the footprint of the terrain given the given the wounds restriction you're not and uh what i assume is going to be a keyword restriction for knights and flyers you're not well, like, targetable but once you step into that terrain then you become targetable yes because i think and i think i just missed this sentence which probably explains all of it uh models that are on or within this terrain feature can be seen and targeted normally Mm -hmm. So now uh, I love that quote unquote true line of sight is effectively gone, but I wonder if we'll still see shooting armies maintaining their power in that scenario and the return of the line of sight blocking house rule. That's what I'm saying is based on the, the missions. If everything's up close and personal, it doesn't matter because the shooting army, like, when we have fire warriors hanging out in back doing nothing, they're going to be like right up on the objective. So you're not going to have this 30 inches of board to cross to get to the unit you're trying to assault. So it's yeah. if I get to shoot, it's only because I went first. Because you're going to be in assault range. What about what about the things like uh, um, engineers? Where 8th edition is going to have effectively engineers built in as well. Well, I think I think it would be safe to say that a lot of the special ITC stuff is gonna at least be put on hold until they have a chance to pick through the. Uh, unless, oh, yeah, like, again, I'm absolutely expecting this to be rules as written for at least a couple of events. Yeah, but I wonder if maybe if maybe that's a thing that's going to come back. You know, with... what you're saying, Casey, right now is the plague of every single edition. I know you've been through this. I know you've been through this. They keep trying to make a game, make the game better and, and operate better. And the first thing people try and do is, well, F that. We're going to make the, the ruins block line of sight. Let's just stop trying to amend the game before you've even played it. Like, let's, I, I'd like to get, I don't know, 
10 to 15 games in before I go like, you know what this game really needs this, you know, but like, Oh, I, I am not saying do this day one. I'm asking if you, if the two of you think that that is going to be a six month rule. I really hope not. I really hope we get. I, I really hope not in that it is going to hurt. The only people it's going to help are pure assault armies. Um, well, don't which, quite frankly. Doesn't, if they doesn't do, eighth edition? Doesn't ninth edition forty k the missions have built in engineers now? I mean, the the one mission does. So I mean, like, I, I, yeah, but again, the objectives the you're right up on top of the objective. So like the other it, thing is that. Even, this is what I kind of what I was talking about, Casey, when I was talking about more generalized army uh, army lists. If you're if all of these units have some form of, we'll just go with your terminology and call it engineers. And guess what? If you're running thirty, you know, three or four by twenty gene stealers, you have to invest in you know three by three of uh, what are they called? The little swarm turbulence. Uh, no, you have to invest in rippers to hold your objectives oh, at home. Oh, we have rippers. Oh God. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. No, that's true. That's true. Like, yes, it's tech. It, it might be unoptimized, but you know what? If we wanted to throw calculators at each other, we wouldn't be playing forty k. Okay, but you know what I mean? We also don't know if if you have to still camp the objectives. It could be like Sigmar, where you can tag the objective and you hold it. I personally would like to see that. So. I think that's a good. As a good. Does not play AOS. Explain that. Explain that concept. So in Sigmar, if if you've held an objective, you can t- walk away from the objective and you still hold it until the opponent comes back. It comes to it and grabs it. Okay, it's it's flag raising. Yeah. So even if you bl- blast my unit off of the objective, unless you come over there and claim it, I still have that objective, which uh, I yep, I think is a fantastic yep. mechanic that should be in in 40k as well. So I think see with Casey having his thing about if, if if you have sappers or engineers that are having to sit there and camp an objective, yeah, you might you might be able to kill a unit and I'm not gonna be able to get, you know, the the two points for them sapping the thing, but I still hold the objective. Yeah. So I, I think that that concept from uh Sigmar rolling over into forty K is, is a good thing. I mean there's another thing I hope comes from Sigmar too. I hope that everyone gets terrain pieces to start the game off with. So most of the armies in Sigmar can start off with a train piece for free. And I was thinking about it earlier today. I think that most armies have a train piece at this point. So if you wanted to, you could just start off with a webway or start off with a bastion or start off with a, a tide wall. Yeah. A tide wall. So that might be the only way to get a lot of these pieces on the board. Yeah. But I mean, it, are you going to tell me you're not going to take a, a something if, if you can, if you can, it depends what I'm allowed to take. I mean, I obviously can't have a Fortress of Resolve for free. Why? Because it would take up... It would imbalance the... the it, it might have a very serious imbalancing factor on the game if I'm allowed to have three on heavy bolts. On, on a 44 by 60 table, a, a, a Fortress would be entertaining, to say the least. Yeah, for, it's not yeah, that much it, bigger. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's a big terrain piece, but you still have to man it. Just because you have all these heavy bolters and stuff, it, I mean, they're hitting a bliss skill uh, five, you know. So like, they're they're not hitting very well unless you have someone holding not it. Not orcs. No, they, unless if, if you have marines or, or guardsmen manning it, yeah. But if if not, they're automated and they they shoot in the one direction or whatever. Yeah. 
you know, so our, I guess, you know, I, just, I don't know how they'll do it. No, I, I, I would expect that that's probably a bridge too far as handing everyone a free piece of terrain. Why? Um, they do it in Sigmar. What's why it, it's, it's working out for them. And, and for G-Dub, it sells models. So that's I, true. That's one little, uh, little piece I haven't seen anyone bring up yet, but I, you know, I'd love to see all these train pieces come to the game. Part yeah. of the reason, Paul, outside of like a few certain circles, I think by this point, GW has shown that they don't actually write rules to sell models because so many of their new models have awful rules. Right. But like the War Dogs? Forge Fiends? Yeah. So, okay, so let me ask you this. Do you have one of those Chaos Portals? No! Okay, so if, if your army could take it for free now, would you buy a Chaos Portal? It depends on what its rules were. Probably not. It's it's rules are, or it can summon demons or something like that right now. I don't know. I don't know what it does. I've never actually played against someone who's you know, put one on the table, but the web way lets you summon. If models. I remember correctly, it, its current rules are a an invuln. That sounds good. Would you like a free invuln to save? No. You're lying. You take everything for free that you can. Why it's a static it? piece of terrain. I play world eaters. I will never be able to utilize that piece of terrain. All right. Even free, it's useless, and it won't have cover rules that the existing terrain on the board will have. Vince, would you take a free martyr martyr wall? That's one that's that's the one I was thinking of. It would entirely depend on the rules. Like if it gave me if it gave me light cover, um the 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 thing that says I hit my Overwatch on a five plus and uh re-roll my morale say re-roll morale tests, I'd consider it. For free. probably take it. Like I said, I'd probably take it. The other question is, we also don't know what this if there are going to be rules governing the separation of terrain. What do you mean? You remember how you were if if you brought if you purchased fortifications, they couldn't be within a certain distance of on the board terrain. All right, all well, right. And that's and all of this is before we even get into the problems of being competitive players. And the TOs not wanting us shuffling their terrain around every time we step up to a table. Yep. But what if that's part of the game now too? It could be. TOs will, TOs will still be soft against it. Why? Why? If, if you can because, still because set up all the terrain you want, you just put it, put it, you know, you get shuffled around. You play speed terrain. Oh, I play speed oh, terrain. Okay. I'll say this, Casey. That can be solved by a very small thing. And I say very small and that it might take a couple out, like maybe an extra two hours. The which, more time I put into building terrain for an event, the less I want players interacting with it substantially. Right, but let me, let me, let me just put this out there. All you have to do to correct this problem is to have a, 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 either an image or a... A, some kind of draw. I even call it a drawing. Oh sure, the the the, no, the Nova the Nova standard terrain template is the, this this is what tables look like at our event. It's the it's the ruin the ruin the obscure the obscure the ruin the ruin the hill the box. Sure, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's absolutely possible. Correct that problem. But you've got to you've got to take this piece of terrain 
and remove it from the game area. Now, part of that is quote-unquote solved by the smaller table size, assuming we're not just butted up hard against each other again on smaller table sizes. Table sizes, everyone's still going to have 6 by 4 tables. For, for quite some time, you'll see 6 by 4 tables with either areas taped off or new mats on top of old 6 by 4 tables because people's got, people have ply boards and stuff cut to those sizes or know how to get the tables to do it. And you know, the beautiful thing about that is now you can put your models on the table. You can have your on like, the table without being area. in the middle of the board. Yeah, I don't know why people are losing their mind over the table size. It's like, oh, thank God, smaller tables sounds so amazing for I, so I many reasons. Purely, I think they're like they're doing what Casey's not saying, but you know, is attributing to me basically is they're looking at it purely from a competitive player standpoint, where they have less room to maneuver, they have less room to deploy. They, they don't like it because it is restricting their options for gameplay, which, honestly, I agree with you, Paul. They need, they need to shut the fuck up. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the new table sizes is, is an interesting change to the game, right? I mean, like, that's, I've been playing this game for 20 years, and that's, that has never changed. It's always been 6 by 4 And so the fact that it's changing, I'm like, no, that's cool. Let's go for it, you know? It's, because it's, 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 essentially sub, it's essentially sub 4 by 5 and even though we're using a lot of the same stuff, just like from when we went from like fifth to sixth and sixth to seventh, right? And eighth was actually a huge fundamental change of the games. But all these other previous edition changes, it's like you're still using the same book, but the game is completely different. So the game's going to be completely different. What's good yeah. in, in eighth is not going to be necessarily good in ninth. And it, oh, it, thank you for saying it out loud. Yeah, I mean, it's... I, I've done this enough times now to know that this this is how it's going to roll out, and it's it's the game's going to be you can change the entire base core set rule, and still have the codexes plug into that, and the the, the books will operate completely different how in a and it's a different game, so uh, everything changing with the missions and changing with the board size and changing with the way these things operate, like the game's going to be different. It's going to feel this feel similar, but things are going to be different, so. I, I'm I very excited. Uh, new additions are good, and they bring new players into the game. And and I, for one, like new players coming to the game. That's always a fun thing to have happen. Um, and getting any chance you can to to make this this game faster and easier to play for more people, I'm all about. And raising the points up is, I was jazzed for eighth edition when points went up, right? I mean, I, I keep bringing it up. Riptides were 400 points when eighth edition started. You didn't see any of them because they were 400 points. If someone brought a Riptide, you're like, bro, you don't know how to play this game. Like (laughs) that's, that's how it was. Right. I mean, like, and and it's so like, I I keep reminding people crisis suits were 62 points. They're down to 27, you know, and people are still like, Oh, 27 points for a crisis suit. You know, like it's just the things have, have gone wonky because they've, they've adjusted the points, but like having, having a reset on points and all the points going way up, like dude, a, a, a full Knights army shouldn't be four, or five nights, three nights is a lot of nights to try and chew through. Let's see what three nights does on the board. You know, like that three nights and 2000 points sounds fun. It's, and that's an easy I, entry point for people to get into the game. I agree on just about everything you said. Um, I think they probably downgraded everything because they were trying to simplify it. And so they expected, they expected what happened, which is everything died immediately. Like you would see people lose 700 to a thousand points at the top of turn one. Um, but I don't think they expected to, re- they, they, I don't think they expected games to be 
as over that quickly. Like, you would, it was very common. I don't play a lot anymore. I have been getting back into it with TTS a little bit since the since quarantine started. But it's it, it there's not a lot of games going to time, going to turn time, or at least not competitively. Like, sure, you can slink around to the bottom of to the bottom of five, holding on to three or four models in one objective. But the game's over by then. There's not a whole lot of excitement for that. You just got whopped on turn one, and you watch the rest of your army hide and die piece by piece for the rest of the game. If they knock down the number of models per army, which nobody is going to like but probably needs to happen, uh, it is going to change how people build their lists. It is going to change how the game is played. And I think it's going to make everybody happier. Well, okay, like it's... If you look at it, they've they've already got it kind of geared towards it. And I, I was thinking about this with, um, oh my gosh, quarantine has erased most of my forty k knowledge on the names now. Uh, what are the the Primaris Marines with the uh, the the Bolter Fists? Um, aggressors. Aggressors, right? So uh, aggressors are six. I'm right on that, Casey. The aggressors. I believe so. Yeah. Yes. Six yeah, plus six ones. shots, oh, right? About the flying ones? No, no, no. The 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 Terminator type ones they have the power fist, and then they shoot a ton of shots with their. They're, they're supposed to be like missiles or something like that, but they're like equivalent of bolters. They are aggressors. It's the the bubble looking Primaris dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so six plus D six shots, and you know, that's that's a lot, right? And so when you see people running like a squad of you know three of them it's it, it's a bunch of dice you're rolling to try and figure out how many shots it is or or what's the the name of the tank uh man this is making for really good radio right now um, oh that's why i had it don't worry i got you what the heck's the name of that the new primaris tank the the one that shoots a million shots that the iron hands were taken uh executioners yeah. right executioners yeah, yeah, yeah. have a, a bajillion shots Yep. So I'm having three. If, if someone has three of them, it's like, all right, well, have fun with your next 15 minutes rolling dice, and I'm going to sit here and watch. Especially with Iron Hands, I was like, okay, so you're hitting on two, three rolling ones. Like, why are you insulting me by rolling those dice in front of me? Like, <laughs> it, but that tank, my my bet would be that in ninth edition, that tank is 500, 600 points. I hope. Well, it should be. Well, no, it should that tank be. Should be 600 points now. But the it's 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 very good well priced right now but the thing is because points are out of whack right now is what i'm saying so they raise the points up like if we're talking about an army of three knights is is a two thousand point army of knights those things will probably jump up to like 600 points also right and so you won't see three of them in a list anymore you'll see one or maybe two and you'll be like oh man that guy took two of them and that's how you break the rule of three too right is like if it's if the cost on the unit Taking three of like like if a riptide is four hundred points, taking three riptides probably not something I'm going to do. You know, yeah. like when riptides are two hundred and twenty points, two hundred or two hundred sixty points, yeah, riptide taking three of them, that's not not so bad. But like when they're four hundred points each, you know, that's that's not worth it. So, I, that's I see them using the the uptick in points really heavily here too, and that again that makes games go very fast and. That also, if you use it in the right way, makes it so that you don't have people necessarily getting wiped in the first turn by, you know, having have their army just kicked off, kick its teeth kicked in right away. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it will. I don't know. I, I, I want to say one more thing about what you're saying. It goes back to, to a connection you made earlier. It also lowers the bar for entry. Yeah. You want people taking kill teams and turning them into 40k armies. 
And when I, I look suspect at, that is probably true. Well, yeah, it's a you know, kill team is meant to be a gateway drug. So <laughs> I mean, that's that's what it is. Is that they if if you can sell someone a a fifty dollar box of models that has a mat in it, you know, and they're like, oh, this is awesome, and then I, it's really easy for me to convince my other friend to buy a fifty dollar box of models, and then send them like, hey, if we get like one more of these each, we can have a forty k army. You know, like yeah, we're playing five hundred points each. Yeah, you know, like it, that's it's an entry. It's a it's a gateway drug, right? So, and it, the whole the whole thing between the mat size too is that a uh, forty four by sixty is three kill team mats put together. So, I mean, that's that's genius marketing. It makes sense, and you know, it's it, it rolls in line with, you know, then the guy goes, "Wow, I can uh, I can have a knight army." For, with three knights, when you're talking four knights, five knights, it's like, oh, that's that's an investment, you know. It's well, that's still an investment either way, but <laughs> yeah, you're still it's still three hundred fifty dollars if you're going to run three of them. Yeah, it's 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 a more approachable investment, and you get more people yeah. into it, and and you can you can jack the price up on your models that way by ten twenty bucks, and the veteran gamers grumble a little bit, but the new guy coming in, right? it's our job exactly. The one thing is constantly has been a constant in this game is that the cost of models never really dips. It's always gone up. Like I remember when land raiders were 20 bucks or 30 bucks, or whatever. I remember my brother's first army was bought at Costco and it, the stuff that was in it for a hundred bucks was insane to think about. Now as a land raider and bikes and two units of troops and a demon prince and a defiler. And it's like, it was a hundred dollar box, big white box. Never forget that. Just stacked high, you know, sky high at Costco. Man, times change. Uh, the old Emperor's Fist box is actually pretty accurate to what uh, to what Lehman Rust has cost now, which is funny to me. Really? Yeah. The Apocalypse box or the one before that? The one before Inflation's that. Inflation's a hell of a thing. No, yeah. Casey, what I'm saying is I think it still lines up pretty close with the updated price of Lehman Rust's. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is I don't know how much Paul's memory is colored by inflation being as nasty as it is. Ah. I mean, again, this has been over twenty years, so that could be true also. But I mean, I still think a hundred bucks twenty years ago was still not bad. I don't remember. I was ten. Well, it's you about 150 bucks today. I was, today. I, would get a re- I was hoping I would get a better reaction out of that one. Uh, no, I'm not falling. We, not... we know, we know you're a baby, Vince. It's uh, okay. It's nice. It's fun. It's fun to be the young one. Finally. Um, all right. I mean, Paul and I both have two kids, and I got more gray than I want to talk about. Yeah, yeah I, I'm afraid what happened. You, I think I've known you 11 years. You were gray 11 years ago. <laughs> I, I told you I have two kids. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, all right. Last thing before well, we're going to take a couple of minutes to talk about something probably that Paul is. Well, you're knowing you, I think you're probably agnostic on the new Overwatch. That's yeah, whatever. Exactly. Yeah, I I knew Paul is. For those who do not know, Paul is not as other Tau players are. Uh, he will take mass Overwatch if he can get it, but he was never a mass Fire Warrior guy. You are a Crisis Suit loyalist through and through. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, for those who do not know, uh, Overwatch is now a stratagem, a core stratagem, meaning it should be available to every faction, um, allowing one of your units to make an Overwatch shooting attack after it is declared the target of a charge. Um, 
and it looks like it's only one unit, regardless of how many units the your opponent is attempting to lock up with one bundle of however many models. Um, you cannot overwatch if there are units already in combat with you. And what am I? I'm trying to. I hate wall of text. Uh, you are always hitting on a six, an unmodified hit roll of six, unless there are specific circumstances like a terrain piece. Um, anything else I'm missing here? I think you hit all the high points. Yep. I don't think they, and I don't think they have the, uh, I think they took out the thing where you have to shoot the closest unit charging you, which was always dumb. Uh... A lot of the closest unit stuff was kind of silly. Um, the one, the one real elephant in the room that here it is, here it is. Talked about as much. Here it is, Paul. Uh, any rule that states the unit cannot be targeted unless it is the closest uh, target do not apply when firing Overwatch. So if a character charges you from either to the side or behind something, you could shoot him, which is actually pretty handy. Yeah, I. I'm trying to find. Truthfully, I haven't read through this article today. I just saw the you know the highlights of it, um, but someone had said there well, was. Well, Paul's looking that up. There is one thing I wanted to bring up. Go ahead. Is because this is still early and this is all still previews. We have no idea what sort of faction additions are going to happen. That's is true. Al going to get one for free? is you know we we don't know these things well okay here's it's the last thing they had something didn't they have something this morning where they were announcing that tau were going to be able to do to over like get a two-for-one overwatch and then they deleted it no it's oh i totally missed that if they did no it's in this article somewhere no tau get tau get it two for one so if tau's pay pay for it once they get it twice but and i was thinking well tau would just get the ability to, to do it multiple times but Here's here's what it is. Okay, it says this. This is the last last sentence in the in the article. It says you may find some units or circumstances granting Overwatch without the need for the stratagem. These will be very valuable indeed. So, extrapolate from that what you will. But again, sure. we don't know all the mechanics of the game. What the hell does that sentence mean? Sure, there's a stratagem for it, but what would be the instances where I'm going to trigger Overwatch without needing the stratagem? It means Tau's going to get it for free. Yeah, so, I mean, like... Or Imperial Fist. Someone will. <laughs> or, or it's going to be... Uh, yeah, there's going to there's gonna be something they can do with it. And it's... Again, until we see all the rules, everything else is just clickbait, right? I mean, it just, it's this all... It's getting us to do this. We're, we're all like, ooh, I want ninth edition so bad. I want to find out what's in that book and find out what do they mean by that sentence. Ooh! You know, like, that's Plus, cool. We, just, we, all do like, we all do like a good fight. I, no. Gamers get a game. Gamers get a game. I'm I'm out of the fighting phase, man. <laughs> I've been sitting back and watching. I, I need to improve my my dude my uh my dude impression. Paul's on his Zen thing, man. Uh, it's getting there. Yeah. Smoke weed every day, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I like how he was gonna try to disagree and then he's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically i mean uh, all right so uh i want to swing this back around and get back on track i think this is one of the biggest indicators that paul is probably right 
that they're going to try to speed games up? Because wasn't that like one of the biggest things that slowed the game down was you would charge into a, into like four or five units and all of them would throw just buckets of dice that may or might not actually do shit. Yeah. I say that as a guard player. <laughs> yeah, if you have a hundred guardsmen shooting two shots well, each. I mean, a lot of things slowed games down. Mm-hmm. But I mean, one of the things that slowed games down for me was the times when dice order mattered versus it didn't. Because yeah. you would have those situations where, especially early on, like round one or two, it's like, oh, whatever, we're just going to fast dice everything. And then round five, it's like, well, I have to roll the mortal first, and then I have to roll these one at a time. Well, Tau players, perfect example. Yeah. You have to roll your drones one at a time in a very specific order. You can't just fast dice. Hey, I took 60 shots. Here's 60 saves. No, I got to roll one, pass it, roll it, roll one, fail it, pick up a model, roll one, pass it, roll it again. You know, I've never been a fan. Never been a fan of the new shield drone mechanic. I've always hated that. I, I wish drones were part of the squad still. Why aren't they part of the squad? Why can't I just have a shield drone be someone in the squad taking the save? That like it, it speeds it up right there. You know, like oh shit, I got six drones in this unit. Here we go. Oh, oh dang, five failed. All right, well here's my one feel no pain. <laughs> Look at that. Just sped the game up. You know, yeah. like I don't know. I it, that I've never liked that mechanic. Having the drones separated out and having the new shield drone mechanic was like the the fact that people had to cling on to it. It was like, Ooh, that's the, the one thing that gets Tau now is they get overwatch and they get those shield drones. Like, uh, no, that means it was a badly written codex. It was just, yeah, it was just a badly written mechanic, but there's one other thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Paul. No, it it just, I, I, I'd like to see that go away in ninth edition. I want to, uh, Casey, we talked a little bit earlier about how the codexes were quote, quote unquote, all going to be applicable. And we yes. disagreed over whether or not they were going to change keywords. I've got evidence that they're going to have to do it right here in front of me. The cool-headed rule. Okay. They're they're saying that some of that that veterans are quote unquote veterans. I'm taking that to assume very limited numbers of units are going to have this, and that means that they're going to have to decide who gets it and who doesn't. Unless they only go on new models, which I did, which I doubt greatly. Okay, so there's a couple of things that GW can do here. One, they have new models coming out that may be getting that may be getting new exclusive rules. They also have General's Handbook where they can adjust data slates and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But they have said that our exi- that this won't be ninth edition won't be index hammer. Your codex counts. So I have a lot of keyword concerns about these legacy rules interacting weird in a new environment. Well, the rule that you guys are talking about, cool-headed, so it, right above that is where it talks about Tau getting two-for-one Overwatch. But then the one right, the sentence right above cool-headed talks about that it's part of the Crusade setup. So it's not actually something you're going to see in the normal game. Oh, that's right, because Crusade is the narrative... Um... The, uh, the new narrative system. Yep. Thank you for pointing that out, Paul. 
So I, I saw people trying to flash that around the internet today too. And I was like, uh, you should probably read what it says about Crusade. Because unless unless everyone starts playing Crusade, which I don't know how I feel about that. That's, that's, I have a feeling Crusade was not balanced for tournament play. No. I, that's, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not looking. I, I don't think so. I mean, if maybe they their app does do some crazy stuff and it's going to be able to, I don't know how you'd even enforce that. I, I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole. But it's, uh, yeah, I don't think Crusade is going to be part of tournament play. I, I, I would very much be shocked if it was. And I'm glad you caught that because I just missed it. I love how in this All picture right. they show Tau on the defense line. Yeah. It's, maybe it's like uh, we're going to get a free piece of terrain here or something like that. Or it's just great for photo ops. I don't know. So I, 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 Paul, that's because it looks cool. It does. I just want to use it. <laughs> I, I agree with you. It looks cool, but they're not they're not handing out free tide walls, bro. What if it costs command points? I'll, I'll pay two command points for that. Sure. Paul just wants an excuse to use that tide wall yeah, he bought a decade ago at this point. Yeah, man. Oh, okay. They're okay. still in boxes. I just realized there's one terrain piece that I would absolutely use if they made it so I could have it for free. You know what it is? There's a lot of them I would use if I could take them for free. Well, I mean, Boy, for yeah. you, Vince, I would assume it's the uh, the, the, the barricade. The... Oh, it's the void shield generator. I'm giving my oh, thanks to the <laughs> Oh, Void Shield Generator or the Vortex Missile Launcher? How about that? Huh? No, I take the Void Shield Generator just because... Oh, can can we awesome. not go back to Void Shield Generators and god-awful conversions on every table? What? You didn't like the Lollipop and uh, and Stolen Bits <laughs> conversions where people's Void Shield Generator was like an inch tall? No, I love those. Oh, that was the best, best games ever. I Those bought the, the Chaos Fantasy terrain to use as mine, and I still felt bad. <laughs> I still one of my favorite moments of of my 40k career was Broadside Bash like five years ago, where I ran up to Frankie from Frontline before, like an hour before a tournament, and said, "Yo, get me a Void Shield generator. I'll PayPal you," and he got me one. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't I help you build? I helped somebody build one. It was, was that you? It was me. You helped oh, me God. There. We sat there before the tournament and we slapped that thing together in like a half hour. Oh, <laughs> it looked like shit. And, oh, it was terrible. Oh, it was atrocious. I sold that. By the way, I sold that for full price like two years later. Well, yeah, because <laughs> hard to get. I don't have one actually. Oh yeah, they don't exist anymore. They're gone. I'm looking at my terrain up here, and I'm like, yeah, that's one of the things I don't have. I, I like they pop up on eBay once in a while just because I cast a weather eye, but I'm never paying two hundred twenty dollars for a void shield generator. No. Well, on top of the fact that it's another piece of terrain like the sky shield that just has the brokenest rules interaction in eighth edition. Uh-huh. It's bad. They're actually at eighty six dollars on eBay right now for a void shield generator. I'm steampunk all the things, sure. Oh yeah. Well, have you seen Admac <laughs> with their Da Vinci planes? Oh, the I've seen your tattoos, Paul. I know, I know you oh, got some. the Admech. Well, yeah, okay, that's yeah, okay, but I'm not going all in on Admech either, just partially. Did you oh, guys see on. the you meme? You totally of- want you totally want Da Vinci flyers with all their flappy wings. I do actually. They look badass. I don't know if you guys saw the meme that somebody posted of the Chad Valkyrie versus the Virgin Archaeopteryx. <laughs> No, not that one specifically. I'll, I'll send it to you after the show. It's fucking hysterical. 
Uh, but we're running right up on time, and I know that you guys go to sleep uh, a little earlier than I do. So, gentlemen, let's wrap it up right there. Thank you very much for joining me. We will bring both of you back whenever you want, strictly speaking. If you ever want to be on, just be like, Vince, I'm bored. I want to be on the show. Fair enough. Absolutely, Vince. It, it was, it's been entertaining. Oh, yeah. It is good to talk to both of you again. Thank you very much. Best of luck with BCP uh, for the rest of the year. Sign off in whatever way you prefer. Good night and good luck, everyone. I'm going to think of something witty here. You got three seconds. Nice Thank job. God Vince edits. <laughs> That'll work. 